0: Voyagers. Welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. This is episode number 186. My guest for today's episode is Emily Grote. Emily is a psychic medium working here in Brooklyn, New York. So I'll say at the outset, we recorded this at a park near my home, and it was pretty loud and noisy. So there's a lot of ambient background noise here. Sometimes I actually kind of like that. I think it gives it a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a different personality from some of the other episodes. So if you're not from New York, it's going to sound very New York in the background. When I was waiting for Emily to show up, I was sitting on these concrete bleachers. And I was actually thinking to myself, like, is there ever a quiet moment in New York? Like, do you ever at any time of the day or night get a little bit of peace and quiet? Not really. So here we had like the J train in the background, planes going overhead, like kids playing pickup ball. Uh, you know, kids talking trash and cursing. There was a gentleman on the bleachers who I think smoked like three joints throughout the conversation that we had. Uh, yeah, so come join us in Brooklyn for this episode. <laughs> Put your feet up, uh, close your eyes, and listen, and it will be like you were at the park here in Brooklyn. So Emily is really fascinating, and what I love about her is that she still promotes skepticism. And she's very honest about the fact of like, yeah, I might not have every answer. But she has a particular skill and a sensitivity that I think is really valuable. And so I would encourage you to come to this conversation with an open mind and a, a, you know an eagerness to learn. You know, part of these conversations you know are also probably entertainment for you if you're listening at work. But there's a lot of really good nuggets throughout this. Like if you watch, Marvel movies and stuff like that. You know, there's now an industry around that on YouTube, and they do these videos about here's all the Easter eggs from this episode. And if you're unfamiliar with that term, it's basically like allusions to other things that are hidden throughout the film. Sometimes like throwbacks or, um, you know, something that's going to let you know what's coming. In the next movie, or a reference or homage to something from an older film, and so there's a lot of cool stuff in here. She mentions Joseph Campbell, and a lot of great stuff. So if some of these concepts and these people are new to you, you know, pause this, use you know Google as your or whatever. Does anybody not use Google? Or use Yahoo. I don't know. Uh, use a web browser as your companion to this conversation uh, to learn more and to research. And uh, I definitely suggest checking out Joseph Campbell because he's one of my favorites. So yeah, this was cool. Uh, really love her energy, her positivity, and you know her wide uh, depth of intelligence. Uh, I certainly learned a lot and I was fascinated by the things that she had to say. So uh, thank you, Emily. And go to the show notes for this episode and you will find a link to her website if you're interested in having her you know, help you out a bit. Right now it's a pandemic, so she is doing readings remotely. So you have access to that from anywhere in the world. I think she said that she just had a client in Kenya. So that's really cool and really fascinating. Also in the show notes for this episode is a link to my Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash the voyages of Tim And that is where you can give monthly, it's a subscription-based service, and there are some cool kickbacks like shirts and stickers and things from around the world. All right, folks, enjoy this conversation with Emily Grote. You're only the the second one I've done, no, maybe third one I've done in person since, like, March. Wow. It's, I've... And this is rolling, if, if that's okay. okay. Um, I've had incredible access to people yeah. because of the pandemic, because everyone's stuck sure. at home. <laughs> sure, I can talk. Yeah. I'm a hostage <laughs> <laughs> in my home. <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it's hard. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel the same. It's nice to be able to see someone. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, Agreed. I'm appreciative of I miss, I miss of,
1: seeing all my clients in person.
0: You have to do it over Zoom, huh?
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm. And I've always seen, you know, Skype or Facebook or what, not Facebook, but Skype or FaceTime. Um, It's just been, it's been weird. Like I just had my first client in Africa today. Whoa. Kenya. Like I don't know how these, I meant to ask her how she found me. Um, I'll wait for that wind to pass.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy windy all of a sudden. The second we hit record.
1: Of course. But anyway, so yeah, everything is, I don't do Zoom, but I do Skype or FaceTime. And now some people are even reaching out to me on WhatsApp. I'm like, okay, well, WhatsApp, (laughs) you know? Um, I mean, I'll I'll try to build
0: out uh, a timeline obviously here, but on that point, does that change things? Like if you're not directly in the room with someone? No, No, not at
1: all. Not at all. This is all, I mean, a lot of people, you know, get a little bit weirded out. We're talking ghosts and spirits and all that kind of stuff. And obviously that's not tangible, well, unless it's tangible, (laughs) unless it's um, paranormal, physically paranormal. But um, no, I mean, I I like to tell folks, for me, this is less to do with ghosts and goblins, all that kind of stuff, and and much more to do with like um, higher consciousness Mm. This is a consciousness exploration. It's, It's not more or less than that, you know. And the best parallel I can, and not everybody can relate to this, but the best parallel to it would be like if you're talking to someone who's a novelist, right? So they are getting some kind of download. They are getting dialogue. They're getting characters. They're getting, maybe they're having to structure it create an arc, mm. maybe they're, you know, meditating on, you know, what happens to this particular character. I, what's the, what, the, the guy um, who created the TV show Mad Men? Matthew Weiner, I think is his name. And I, this was such a long time ago, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to screw up the memory, but I think he, I think he leans into using tarot cards really? to create the arc of the story. I might be wrong about that. Okay. <laughs> so don't quote me. Everybody do your Home, own homework but I, I feel like I heard something like that and I thought oh my gosh that's perfect you know that makes perfect sense yeah
0: let's maybe let's um let's define medium for people because I yeah. probably like in the collective conscience like people know of like Long Island medium and right, things like that right um so for for your purposes for what you do yeah. how would you define that
1: so I I I bill myself as a psychic medium but essentially <laughs> You know, people will contact me and they'll say, can we do both psychic stuff and mediumship in the stuff in the same conversation? I said, absolutely. Because for me, it all comes from the same place, wherever that place is. And the best way I can uh, sort of describe it to people, I'll just pretend you're a client. So when I sit with someone, I'll say, this is a little bit how, about how it works. Your questions, your line of inquiry is sort of like the gas in my tank. So you'll say... How's my love life or, you know, what's what's this looking like this coming year for employment or travel or what have you? And so what I'll do and I'll say, stop, don't tell me anymore. (laughs) You know, don't don't lead me. Just give me a topic. And then I um, I'm wearing my earbuds. So I'll usually take my earbuds out just so I can get stay in my own head and I'm not hearing any background noise. Just try to hold this. Yeah, cool. And then I will um, meditate. And for me, thats it's not a 20-minute, obviously, because I've got somebody in front of me. It's just I take some deep breaths, and I have that question in my mind and, obviously, the intention to, to get good information on someone else's behalf. And then I just... It's almost like a download from the search engine in the sky. I just start to get little dribs and drabs of information. So the information tends to be pictures. Sometimes it's, like, little micro-movies, like GIFs. Sometimes it's... Uh, spoken word. Um, that's kind of the, oh, and some, or, and conversely, the last thing would be, I'll sometimes just get like a very strong feeling. And that's usually somewhere in my body. Um, not necessarily physical, but just like, oh, I know something and I don't know how I know it necessarily. And so when I come back out of that space, I'll put the earbuds back in and I'll say, well, this is what I saw. And I always caveat, major caveat is I always tell folks, about 90% of the time, the information that I get is a lot like a dream. It's a lot of symbolism and metaphor. That's why I love using writers, you know, as yeah. an example, because it's, I think it's sort of the closest, um, creatively speaking, it's the closest way for me to describe the the feeling that I'm getting, even though I'm, I'm not a novelist. So I'm taking, I'm obviously making a reach here, but and so I'll just tell them, um, this is exactly what I saw. So I'll give you um, an example, if I can. Well, let me skip the example. I'll come back to it if that comes more organically. I don't want to reach for it. But so it was, like I said, about 85 to 90% of the time, it's that sort of symbolism and metaphor, a lot like a dream. And then finally, about 10% of the time, 15% of the time, roughly, I'll get something very specific that's mm. like spot on. So uh, just a couple examples of that. I had a client once and she was, this was maybe two years ago, probably two years ago. And she was, um, she and her family were in the midst of moving. Her husband was pretty wealthy and they had bought a house down in Florida. And they, so they had this sort of dual home ownership, which was really freaking her out because who wants to pay two mortgages? And and she's renovating the house in Florida. And so she wanted to know when is my house here in Brooklyn going to, sell. Obviously the market was much better, um, at that time. And so I just closed my eyes and, and just April 16th, Whoa. it was like a, you know, you know in the sky, <laughs> like skywriting just sort of like showed up in my, in my mind. And so you have to understand, I don't have any context for right. what I'm seeing or what I'm hearing. i just, I have to sort of make a leap of faith that it fits. And so I said, uh, I opened my eyes. I'm like, this is going to be really specific. <laughs> and it was about two weeks away at that point. It was sort of beginning of April when she saw me. And I said, I'm getting April 16th. I said, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe that's when someone will come and be interested in it. Or, um, and she got in touch with me like maybe the third week of April. And she said the contract was signed on April 16th by the potential buyer. And so I've now seen her for like a couple of other visits, um, sort of unrelated to uh, now she's in Florida. So that's like an example. Um, Another example, and I'll kind of stop with that, is a gal asked me, it was like last September, she was asking me about travel. And so I closed my eyes and and I just instantly, out of nowhere, I just got the state of Texas just filled up my head. It was almost like a cookie cutter shape. And again, I always feel a little bit uneasy when things are that specific. I can sort of organically know if something's a symbol or a metaphor, um, but I said, um, "This is really specific." But I'm getting Texas really loud, <laughs> and she said, "Oh my God, I'm in the middle of planning a vacation there with all my girlfriends." So, so this was like last September, and they were going to do a Thanksgiving in Texas, just a bunch of girlfriends. So, first time ever, they'd always otherwise been with family members and. So it was a, a unique trip. So those are like, that's obviously the kind of stuff that people are like, ooh, ah, that's so special, right? But it's mostly the sort of symbolism and metaphor. Um, I did a mediumship reading just the other day, two sisters, and um, I just, I looked at this photograph, I instantly knew it was their dad, and... And this is a, a good way of describing mediumship would be... And I'm sh- and everyone's, I'm sure, different. I'm sure there's mediums who much like that kind of spot-on information. They get like, oh, you know, names, dates. All. I don't get names and dates so much as I get um, their personality, sort of how they showed up in the world. Um, the method by which they departed. Informi- and again, it's n- not so much a diagnosis as much as it is like, for this example, I, I got... Um, and the they's a deceased person. Like yeah. you're
0: essentially a conduit in that sense between yes. your clients yes. and and
1: their departed loved one. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. But I'm really clear to tell them. Like I don't. I don't claim that I'm speaking with their voice. I'll get information. So I'll will describe to you this this particular um, reading I did. So I I close my eyes. this Lovely, lovely man, and like instantly. Do you need me to pause? Okay. No, you're good. Um instantly I just got like it was almost like I saw him standing in front of me in my mind's eye and I just saw like a clap of lightning and like thunder. Like I just felt this kind of sudden jolt. And I just and I just knew, this again that just sort of just knowing, I knew that had to do with his death. It wasn't related to his how he raised his kids or his career, but it was related to his death. And so I said to the girls, His daughters, I was like, I just, this feels really sudden. Just that he was, one minute he was here, next minute he's gone. And then I got sort of a maybe a picture of his chest. And then, of course, logically, I would think heart. And so I, and then I asked them, I said, was it a heart attack? Yes. It was like one of those widow widow maker type of heart attacks. So you see, it's all symbolic. I'm not seeing him clutch his chest, you know, and fall down. But I did get, this next image that I got, I saw that he was on his back. I'm not feeling any pain either. I'm not so I'm not getting any physical sensations, although that has happened. Um, so again, it's all just bits and pieces of information. Um, he was an amazing dad, just an am- he was like a teddy bear, like he was just an amazing dad that much I got. Um, but I'm not getting like you know, the the numbers to the safe, you know, like right. that's not my area. Maybe some people can do that. That's not my thing. Um, and then beyond that, their last question to me, oh, I just sort of in the midst of it, I also felt like, like he did not love his career. Like he was sort of miscast. I didn't know what he did. I just felt like that was not a piece of his life that was... Like, his parenting, it was like, oh, oh, my God, he's a great dad. He's just a really warm, loving, supportive, on Johnny-on-the-spot kind of dad. And I said, but the career stuff, like, he didn't get that figured out. <laughs> you know, that was not his, not that he was bad, not that he suffered, and I'm sure he made a good living, but it wasn't, that wasn't his life's work. You know, it, it really wasn't what spoke to him. What spoke to him was being a dad. And, uh, and so they confirmed all that. Um, and then the very last question they asked me was if, I ha- if he had any message for them, sort of where they're going in life and what they're doing. And so I closed my eyes and I said, you know, with the first uh, older child, I got this image of her sort of standing... It's all sort of symbolic. It's almost like she's a little silhouette of a shape standing on this outside of like a big box. Mm. And so the box to me, I sort of instantly knew was um, an institution. I said, so when I see something like that, I'm thinking, okay, it's either a big corporate job or she's going back for her master's or something like that. I said, so what is it that you are just... And she's like at the front door. She's not deep in the building. She's sort of at the front door. I said, what is it that you're just about to embark on or you've just embarked on, you know, that's this experience for you? She had just started a new job at some Uh. big corporate. So dad knew that, you know, as a conduit. Dad Dad knew that that was a big transition in her life and was um, acknowledging that. And then when I did the other, sort of looked in on the other sister, I got this image trying to remember what the image was but it was it was more it was more words it was more words and the words were start taking yourself seriously i said so and my sense from my sense was that she was the more creative sibling Mm. you know a little bit more um perhaps metaphysical perhaps esoteric perhaps her interests were a little bit more off the the less conventional let's put it that way and so I said, um, and she, she started laughing and she started laughing. And she said, um, I don't know whether she'd always been interested in spirituality or there was some interest she had, whether it was Reiki or, you know, it was something. And she said, oh, and she said the words, <laughs> yeah, you know, I dabble in da, 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 da. And I said, stop, stop dabbling. Take it seriously. That's what your dad is saying. This isn't take your interests seriously this isn't about dabbling this is your this is who you are basically and so that was sort of a nice that was i would definitely say a very well-rounded reading i mean there's definitely been instances where i've done this and i've just i've come up pockets empty
0: yeah i've all right i've got so many thoughts <laughs> um uh, i'll start with that i really like the, the metaphor of the of the writer because yeah. I do think, like, sometimes it's like, huh, where does the inspiration or the idea come from? Where's,
1: it's all information. Right. Yeah. And like, Stephen King wrote a fantastic
0: book about the writing process. And it's oh, like, oh, I like, to read that. Oh, it's great. <laughs> and then, well, you find out, like, most of his inspiration came from, like, cocaine and alcohol because he was, like, <laughs> out of his mind at the time. Wow. But um, do you have any sort of indication of, like, what is the place this is coming from? Like, are, if you're, if we're talking about, like, the mediumship. I don't know. Is is it an afterlife, or
1: do you think there are right. spirits on Earth, or right? No, great question. <laughs> um, I'll be honest with you and say I'm still learning. Yeah, I do not ever claim to be an expert. You know, on this, I'm always reading and studying and and wanting to know more. Um, I found a really wonderful teacher. I'm trying to remember his name. He's a Kind of one of these kooky YouTube guys, Joe's. No, God, that's Joseph Campbell. No, that's not it. Uh, no, we can talk about Joseph Campbell. I know, <laughs> I know we can. Joseph, it'll come to me. Okay, it'll come to me. But um, is it Joe? Hold on. He studied this guy. It'll, it'll come to me. But he studied. Um, shoot, crap. I'm losing. It'll come to me. But hi- this guy, he is probably in his mid to late 70s now, but he started in the late 60s and through the 70s, I think that's, I think that's roughly the timeline. He became, he was a very, very left brain science guy, uh, was studying like quantum physics, mechanics, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Like seriously, your left brain calculating kind of stuff. And when he was in college, he, um, he got his mantra, he got his transcendental meditation. and just for shits and giggles, like he was not at all, his friends were all a little bit more kooky and they were doing it and he's like, all right, let me try it. So he went and he got his mantra, he started meditating regularly and what he realized was when he would meditate, he would get the answers to these crazy mm. physics calculations that he was working on a few hours earlier. They would just boop, boop just sort of download into his mind. And that, like, totally blew him away. Like, where's this coming from? And um, then he, after college or maybe after his Ph.D. program, um, he went on to study, um, no, he went on to work for a guy who was, um, and I'll, I'll before this conversation's over, I will have to Google all these names, but went on to work for a guy, this is down in Virginia, by the way, who, um, this guy had a big background in radio, And um, this other person that I'm referencing had a crazy out-of-body experience that happened, like, on a few different occasions. And so what this radio um, executive was, he became very wealthy because he had made so much money in the radio business, and he wanted to study what exactly was it he he was experiencing. So he hired a lot of these scientists, and, um, and they worked on something called binaural beats, Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And I think that's where Binaural Beats actually started was was this space. And let me pause for a second because I'm going to sure. go crazy if I don't remember these names. <laughs> yeah, we could and drop my, those names. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. So it's <laughs> Tom Campbell, um, who is a, a, a YouTube kind of kook, <laughs> um, but I think he's got some extremely good uh, information. And And he worked – he was hired by Bob Monroe – whether it was the late '60s, early '70s, and they developed by they developed, excuse me, binaural beats, and and that was really, I, to my knowledge, at least, the first time that that people um, deliberately astrally traveled, so to speak, without hallucinogens, right? Yeah. You know, Without <laughs> without taking mind-altering drugs, um, but just through the binaural beats, were able to project themselves. And I mean, in all sorts of let me put it this way. I've only done it once and it was during a dream. It wasn't even, it was not deliberate. Um, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, I've definitely had some paranormal experiences, but I don't, I don't like them. They're, they're uncomfortable. Um, so I, I tend to just like to study this stuff and keep my feet planted on the ground. Um, well, that's actually, so
0: that's a, a segue into a thought that I had in that it seems like when you're doing this, through the meditative process, you're initiating sort of the downloading of the information. Like, is there ever a time
1: where you're not trying to do this, where something oh, absolutely. comes to you? Absolutely. And, and let me dial back to your original question, which was, you know, where does this stuff come from? And I mentioned Tom Campbell because he's got some theories, and, and who knows if they're actually true, of these different realms I mean, he's got pie charts and also, not pie charts, but graphs of, you know, how all this stuff looks based on his own uh, meditations and experiences. Okay. And um, so I don't know if those are true, but they seem to me to be, there seems, they feel roughly true. So that's possibly where this stuff comes from. Um, Not entirely certain about the spirits because I definitely feel like, I don't know. I definitely feel like sometimes they're close and sometimes they're far, but I also think they could probably be a multitude, right? They could be here and there and there and there, you know, all at the same time and then nowhere all at once. So it's, it's, it's a multiplicity kind of conversation rather than a singularity type of conversation. Okay. Anyway. So to your question of, do I just get spontaneous Absolutely. That's, in fact, how 99.9% of my life was before I started doing this professionally. I have a lifetime of, of experiences um, of getting information that I should not otherwise have um, that is mostly very personal to me in terms of, you know, for example, for example, you know, don't get in that car. <laughs> you know, wow. and it's just a thought. Don't don't get in the car. And maybe it's a voice in my head. And so I was 17 years old and I had a brand new, not new, I mean, it was used, but a new uh, vintage Volkswagen. <laughs> you know where the store is going. And absolutely gorgeous. It was like a super, what do they call it? A super beetle. Little running boards. It only had 500 miles on it. It was a spectacular specimen of a car. Um, and I was... I got it when I was 16, and I wasn't allowed to drive it because I wasn't legal yet until I was 17. And um, as you go, know, here I am, a high school student. My parents are divorced. My mom lived up in Connecticut. I was visiting her for a few days. I drove up there, no problem. But when I got up there, I was supposed to turn around like on a Friday morning and come back to New Jersey to, to see my boyfriend and all of our friends, and we were going to go to a concert and blah, blah, blah. And I just, this voice just thundered in my head, don't drive. It was very blunt, it was very dry, it wasn't, I could, I mean, I could sense that it wasn't, it wasn't really trying to terrify me, but it was just, it was frightening to receive that information. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, um, but my rational mind, you know, showed, that's stupid. I have a plan. I have to go to a concert. I'm going to go see The Cure, you know, at the Meadowlands. So shut up, you know, like just be quiet. Um, and I did, I chose not to listen and I waxed the car. It was all clean. I was so excited to go on this road trip and I put a full tank of gas in. I got on the highway and by the time I got to the Garden State Parkway, boom, got into an accident, spun around three times. I totaled the car. Um, and, and gratefully I walked away. So I wish I could tell you that was like, oh, you know, 17 years old, this sort of light bulb moment of, oh, my God, I get really good intelligence and I should listen to it now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Lifetime of other. And, and so I, I think with a lot of people who are sensitive, who call themselves psychic, we, we don't really know until later. I think there's very, very few people, unless they're really growing up in a psychic household, you know, um, that that the information, the data, because that's all that it is. Like I, I really love to just tell people, this is data. It's just information. Um, that it's in, that it's good. Right, that it's good intelligence that you can actually trust and and take action on, or not action for that matter. Yeah, so, I was.
0: Yeah. I was I'm sorry to cut yeah, you off. I was I'm... wondering about that because maybe it's just like a very like storytelling way of the uh, the way that like humans you know, tell stories. Is yeah. there's always like a good and evil? And I was right. wondering like, it, could there be bad inf- information? Like if, yeah. if if someone's a murderous person in real life could they be like sending you bad information yes. from afterlife
1: i don't know about from a, i don't know about the parameters of that premise or the premise of the argument but i get a lot of i mean a more kind of down or at least my in my experience i get a lot not a lot a handful of people who come to see me and say oh i went to see a psychic and they said my husband was going to die next year or mm, uh, I was told by this you know person that so and so cast a spell on me, right? I don't I don't how do I want to phrase this? I don't dabble in that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like that's not my I, I, I really firmly believe we have a lot more control. So yes, do people cast spells for some evil doing? Most definitely they do. But I believe that if a person on the receiving end of that is well defended, and I mean that psychologically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, right, on all those levels, that they probably won't be affected. Mm. I don't think there are supernatural forces that can completely overtake us without our consent. There has to be a consensual sort of component to it. That's comforting to hear. (laughs) Usually when shit happens, it's usually because you're sort of already at a loss, Mm. right? You're already on your knees, you know, and then if something else, you know. So again, there's a, a, what do they call it? Um, You know, compelling versus impelling, or I, I can't really influence versus, you know, there's, there's, Yes, there's absolutely influence, but um I think we just we have more control than than a lot of people think. Okay.
0: You know, when you say something like or go back to like the, the signing date or even like this car's gonna be wrecked. Yeah. It to me it sort of like throws out or maybe it doesn't, I'm just free will. I'm, I'm a novice of this stuff. Well I don't even know if it is free will. I was thinking yeah, maybe. I was thinking like time on a linear timeline. Yeah. And so, to, I mean, maybe you don't have the answer for this, but like, would that mean that, you know, that obviously we talked about quantum physics. Like some people say that like past, present, and future is happening at the same time. Right. Like a, right. Or a circuitous loop or something like that. Um, yeah. Is it? Is it? Is it that? You know, we're we're following along a path that is maybe predetermined.
1: I don't know. Right. And is there like a universe right now that has Hillary Clinton as a president? Right. Right. It's it's quite possible. Because I mean, don't you feel like we're in a wormhole right now? I mean, I feel like we have taken culturally as a world, you know, a turn none of us really anticipated or expected. Yeah. Right. But I also feel like the alternates could also be or could have been equally true. So... To the question you're asking, I actually have a visual response. And it's not an answer as much as maybe it gives me a little bit of comfort. But I actually have like a picture in my mind of the, um, the ball drop. You know, that big Swarovski crystal, you know, ball that's at the center of Times Square. And like every facet of that ball is a potential. Mm. And are they, they all coexist. Every single facet of that sphere can't exist without the others right and so I I I mean I, this is bonkers to even begin you can't you can't wrap your head around any stuff like this because if every every outcome is playing out someplace just capital WTF you know like it's it's really overwhelming to to begin to try to even contextualize that it's impossible really yeah yeah And so you can only, that's why the the power is in the present moment, you know, and because you can't, right, you can't um, overwhelm yourself with all of the the possibilities, which to me, the the comforting part about it is, well, then you just, and this is going to sound hokey, but you just have to wish, hope, pray for the best possible outcome. For for individuals, for people, for societies, for your school, for your family, for whatever, and you hold that intention in your mind, and that intention has to play out in your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. It's very very local. It's that's all it is is local, you know. Yeah. And so, anyway, I, I could go on and on, but that's so I suspect. That, what do they they call it in quantum physics? The multiverse, right? Yeah, the multiverse, That, to me, seems to make the most sense. Okay. Um, But it is a bit like choose your own adventure, right? Yeah. You know? Um, That is really wild. But what what I'll tell you is this, and and I think it was articulated best by um, this guy, Tom Campbell, and I kind of knew it intuitively, but he just really, I was listening to him a lot and I kind of found, I kind of felt like I knew everything that he was talking about. Good. We're
0: good. Yeah, I'll just check. Okay.
1: okay, keep going. Um, but he said something like, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> and this is where I think people sort of get a little bit off the, the rails is they want to, they're so desperate for that connection with the loved one, right? Or they are so desperate for, um, that job to come through, or where's my husband? I've been, I'm, I'm I'm 39, you know, I'm supposed to be married and have kids already, right? These are kind of the common things that I experience with my clients. And, and at the end of the day, it's, you have two choices. That's it. That's all we have. We just have two choices on any given day and any given scenario. It's fear or love. Hate, hate, hate doesn't exist. Hate is just fear. It's just a, it's just a, a phantom for fear. And that's it. So, just fear and love. And so, fear is everything that we're experiencing right now, yeah. right? This incredible torment that we're, we're all sort of being put through. Um, so, what is love, right? Compassion, lack of judgment, um, self care, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and sort of, and, and, and being very deliberate with how you think. And how you think of others—not um, just about yourself, but about others and your family—and um, and the actions that you take. So it's 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 when I f- really w- began to—and I say understand in air quotes because that's an evolving thing—but I became much more conscious about my thoughts. You know, I don't I don't I'm human, obviously. I still have fears and anxieties and all that kind of stuff, but. You know, I don't wish anybody well, I mean, uh, ill, <laughs> you know, it's, that's. you know, and I know people are very cavalier about how they think about other people. No, you have to be very, very deliberate and careful <laughs> you know, because your thoughts are energetic outputs, Yeah. you know? Um, so no, I'm, I'm super deliberate and, and even with, you know, Trump or Bush or like <laughs> go down the rabbit hole of, of the horrendous presidents that we have. But I, <clears throat> I mean, I look at him and I just see <clears throat> like a big baby, you know, like a, a, an extraordinary suffering.
0: It's interesting because so like gray matter is the matter in space that we can't see that we're pretty sure there's something there. Right. Um, I might be like really off on this, but <laughs> I, I believe this sort of like idea of the interconnectedness between people almost like if you were to think of like a spider web that links us, I think that's like, that that's called the bardo. Hmm. Um, but I, I definitely think that could be something that yeah. like our collective energy, it, it could be throwing things off. I mean, it, it, oh, I, absolutely. I agree that, that right now it has to be something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if you look at large populations of people, and I'm not going to get into stereotypes, but there's, some truths to pain, suffering, you know, epigenetic, you know, yeah. traumas that are played out over generations. Right. It's it's all, all really right. complicated stuff.
0: This is going to be a long-winded—I'll try to rein it in a bit. Um, it sounds likely that we're politically like-minded. <laughs> and unfortunately, I don't know, it, there's a rigidity between— if you're in this particular political party, like these are your beliefs. Yeah. Um, and so there was this guy, I again, I'll get names wrong. I think his name was uh, Giordani hmm. Bruno. And he was one of the early guys who predicted that every star would have planets around it. Now, he was a heretic because at the time, the church who was in power was saying that no, Earth was the center of the universe, right? right? The helios. the geocentric model versus the heliocentric model Um, and he didn't have a microscope a telescope to back it up it turned out he was actually right uh, but they burned him alive Uh. but he was a predecessor to the scientific method and like you know if you are somebody who's saying that yeah climate change is quite real and very likely man created we have the scientific method to point to to disprove other theories because there's new data right and that goes against the idea of just trusting in like, well, the weather changes have have, have come from God or something mm-hmm. like that, right? And, you know, folks on the left, like I'm on the left, would, would often scoff at that and be mm. like, no, it, it's not God. It's our freaking burning of fossil fuels, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. But I'm at a weird place in my life where I've come full circle on some things in thinking that like us talking about the energy between people, that's not really measurable. Mm. And it's maybe not something that's backed up by the scientific method. And so, and because I promise... subjective. Right. Yeah. And I promise I'll close this <laughs> in, a, in a second, but, like, very recently my, my girlfriend had woken up and was like, I sensed that there was, like, a presence in the room. Ooh. Right. But, like, my trained brain is to think, the first thought is like, well, that's crazy. Of course. Right? But I know her not to be a liar or to be somebody who's hysterical or crazy. And so I guess my, my point in saying is, like, I would assume a lot of folks would say to you, well, that's crazy. I I can't, I can't see what you're seeing. I can't physically or empirically prove that you're experiencing that. Right. Yeah. Um, how, I don't know. Is that worth you
1: grappling with? Do you grapple with that? No. Mm. (laughs) And I, and I had to, I come from a very practical family. Mm. My father is a Presbyterian pastor. This is not in their wheelhouse at all. And, um, you know, I had to sort of do the math, like, okay. And they love me. I know they love me, but am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be understood? And I don't know. Right. And, and I had to be okay with the, I don't know, because, um, I, I had to become, I had to take myself seriously. I had to, um, so I can go down a long rabbit hole here, but Long story short, so I, I was in marketing and graphic design for 17 years. That was a very huge, you know, um, area of my life and a very big commitment. And it got me my house. It helped, you know, f- feed my kids and uh, got a second mortgage. And three kids later, and somewhere around 2012, after the birth of my third child, he was born in 2011. But after... Um, after his birth, like I, I went back to work and everything was starting to fall apart. I was personally falling apart. I was physically not well. Mm. I was having to go back to a corporate experience in which everything was being turned upside down. I mean, I had gone through literally seven rounds of layoffs, you know, and kind of biting my nails, you know, for, for each, you know, round of layoff and God, thank God I, I, I survived all of those experiences. Um, but it was just, its I mean, it's such a really, I mean, corporate, and I know 99% of your listeners can probably identify with this, it's a really difficult experience um, to to be miscast, sort of like I was talking about that data in the beginning. Like it's a very being, unnatural experience. It's an unnatural. <laughs> it is unnatural. And quite frankly, it's a white supremacist experience mm-hmm. because those are the values that are inherent in all of these. This is a cultural um, paradigm that we're sort of being shoved through. And it is unnatural. I think that's a perfect word for it. So anyway, that's a whole nother conversation, yeah. Tim. <laughs> but anyway, so I say all this to say around that time, I, I kinda, I had a, you know, if you had said to me in 20, 2008 or 2010, you know, do you see yourself doing this? I would have said, you're, you're batshit. You're out of your mind. I, what are you talking about? And so it's, it's sort of, You know, you're working on, every human being is working on a lot of different levels, right? You're showing up to your day job. You're reading books on, this is just a snapshot of me. You know, I'm going to do my job. I'm raising my family. I'm managing my house and my, you know, my participation in my community. And then finally, my, really my biggest interest in life is figuring myself out, Mm. you know, And not even necessarily like a one plus two equals three. It was just I was so interested in metaphysics and I was so interested in prayer and poetry and Joseph Campbell and symbolism and da-da-da-da-da, right? It goes on and on that I spent all of my time pretty much um, focusing on those things. But without connecting the dots that, oh... (laughs) That's who you are, you know? And so I was, on the one hand, on the left hand, having all these really interesting psychic premonition, dreams, paranormal experiences, but not taking them seriously, not having the right even language for them. And even though I'm doing all this research and work, I, it just didn't occur to me that, oh, I'm, that's what I'm actually doing. Mm. Till one day and this was probably around oh it doesn't matter the year doesn't matter but I was out to lunch with my my mentor marge and um and she was she kind of works down in chelsea um and I was working in in midtown and I would come down to chelsea to go and have lunch and just to sort of get away from the office and this was there was a big trend in the corporate world about you know, finding uh, a mentor. You should. Everybody should have a mentor. A mentor. A mentor. And so I, on the sort of like again, my brain is sort of working on these two tracks. And I, on the one hand, I was sort of. We had just finished lunch. We'd left the restaurant. We're cro- crossing the street, and I was thinking, oh, my mind was sort of wandering, and I was thinking to myself, like, oh, I should really get a mentor. But of course, the rational mind was like, oh, that mentor is going to be a. A creative director, someone who's, you know, perhaps master's level, whatever, like sort of helped guide me on my quote unquote career path. And as I had that thought, this voice just thundered in my head and said, she's standing right next to you. Whoa. <laughs> and in me, my mind, Marge to me was everything that I was interested in. She was uh, spiritual and she was intuitive and psychic and, and she was special. And I did not ever see myself in that mold. And, um, that freaked me out and it freaked me out so much that I dropped it like a hot potato. I could not metabolize the stress that that introduced into my whole being because I have, like I said, three kids and two mortgages and that is that does not compute. Um, so long story short, I got very sick and between 2012 and 2018, I was managing a really serious <laughs> very unpleasant uh, chronic illness and um, and I really think and I start I was already starting to do this work somewhere around 2014 I think is when I started to do this um, but it was really I had to... Like I said, I had left my corporate job in 2012. Between 2012 and 2014, I was looking for a job. I mean, I was looking. I was searching. I was trying to get, you know, I was unemployed for at least two years. And every, I could barely get an interview. Because you step one foot, you know, out of that corporate track and you're done. Um, So I was like, oh, maybe I'll, you know, I'll just be an office manager or a project manager. I didn't have to be an art director. I wasn't attached to that title anymore that career path. I couldn't even get any of those jobs. You know, there was ageism, there's all sorts of stuff going on. And finally, I was just like, this isn't working. And I had taken the psychic development class in 2013. And I was just like, well, why don't I try that? And then I just, I started doing some readings for free. Um, I started doing some readings on some online places, (laughs) some chat places, and um, and that's sort of the, that's where the momentum, I think momentum is, people don't really, um, I don't think people pay enough attention to momentum because I think it's it's teaching us something, right? Let me just turn this off. Um, and so then just incredible momentum. You know, I, I just literally like dipped a toe in this world and then blah, 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 it just sort of unfolded. It very quickly, you know, to the point where I'm like, wow, this is like, what was that? Six years ago, Rough 14 to 20. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm going to use a metaphor, or uh, I'll use a, something from pop culture. So people, please don't don't kill me. <laughs> but in in Star Wars, right? Love it. <laughs> okay. Bring it.
1: So, Jedi mind tricks. So I love it. <laughs> yeah. So you know, the
0: Jedi's are born with a certain like force force sensitivity, right? Mm. So they're born with a certain sensitivity, and then they need you know, to learn how to utilize it, uh, often with a mentor that goes like master in the in the movies. But is that sort of along the lines? Like, are you born with a certain sensitivity that other people aren't, and you learn everybody how to? Everybody has this.
1: Whoa. Everybody has it. Everybody's psychic. Everybody gets premonitions. Everybody, everybody, everybody. But, and this was a big but, so to speak, um, is it your interest? Right. If it's not your interest, well, maybe then you know, the volume on this stuff is going to be much lower. Um, if you're an atheist, the volume on this stuff is going to be much lower. Yeah. Right? And so a lot of it has so much to do with... Uh, people want to make it like very like, well, then how come I don't get information? Well, you're not... You are. You're probably just not... People think it's like some big clap of lightning. They think it's some, ha, you know, the skies open. It's not, it's incredibly, incredibly subtle. I, I can't say that enough. So it's like a whisper of something. And we are not, this is my favorite. I don't know how, when I landed on this, but we are not the author of all of our thoughts. Just like the same way a novelist is not the, I mean, they're the author because they are channeling something. But where did it come from, right? It's that original question of, well, where does this come from? And, um, yeah, so I think everybody has the ability, but not, it's like a muscle, right? You, you got to kind of work the muscle. You got to read the books. You're listen to the whatevers to, you know, to be interested and to pay attention and to sort of pull on the thread.
0: Yeah, maybe this is a terrible example, but it seems almost like a tool in the sense that, like, you know, we we talked about, the ability to have certain experiences, um, not promoting anything here, but, like, you can you can have, like, a psilocybin experience, right. which comes from mushrooms, yeah. in a very controlled setting, in the right yes. place, and use it as a tool, or you can be someone at a party who's drinking and doing it and then just get sick and throw up. <laughs> like, right, Ex- yeah. exactly. that's interesting. And
1: the determination of A or B, you know, which, the left or the right, which experience are you mm. going to have... Is in my honest opinion, kind of determined by where you are in your life, what information your guides would like you to have, and in the say, in the case of vomiting and getting a bad headache, well, then you, you weren't supposed to, you weren't supposed to dip your toe in that pool. Right. You know, it's it's kind of simple. So momentum, there was no momentum there. You got sort of shut out. Versus someone else, right, Alan Watts, or you know. There's so many other examples. You're speaking my language. Yeah. Yeah. You could go down the rabbit hole. I mean, they are clearly getting massive downloads. The Maharishi, right? They're massive downloads. Tons of examples, right? All of our, you know, great spiritual leaders, uh, social justice leaders, right? They're getting downloads that are guiding them in a particular direction. So I'm not a big, I, I have a lot of clients who have done all those psychedelics. And I've thought about, I've done them once in my life. And I, after I tripped for like 19 hours, I was like, I'm exhausted. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, was in college, and I'm like, I still am kind of burnt out from that experience. It took me like a month to recover, you know. So, but I didn't. I, it was interesting. It was really, really unique. Um, but it didn't bring anything to the party, you know. I, see. I didn't really learn anything. Um, so. Yeah, no, it's, there's many way, I like binaural beats. Like if you want to jack it up a little bit, you know, you can get there through transcendental meditation. You can get there through Vispassana meditation. You could get there through a lot of different means. And, and you don't even have to meditate because I didn't, I didn't meditate my entire life. I, didn't, I never meditated. I just got pings. I got downloads, feelings, visions, voices in my head. And I didn't know what they were. And it, I only started meditating after I got sick. That was just more to manage the stress of going through a chronic illness. And so, so yeah, I, meditation for me is, yes, I close my eyes in order to kind of get quiet and get a download on behalf of my client. I don't necessarily consider that it's not really a meditation because a meditation is emptying, right? It's, it's no, it's, it's the absence of, of striving or, you know, except for preferring your mantra or whatever tool it is you're using. Um, anyway. Go on to go down another rabbit hole there.
0: Well, no, and I look, this is all fascinating to me, so thank you for, for doing this. You yep. know, uh, uh, I, I'd imagine you likely feel like a massive amount of responsibility because you're people might potentially be acting based off of what you say to oh, them. Oh, they
1: absolutely are. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I'm very, very clear, you know, about my thoughts, my words, and my deeds. And I think you're you're sort of. Honing in on it. Yeah, there absolutely is a responsibility. Um, and that's, I don't know whether I mentioned, I think I might've mentioned this to a client. I don't think I said it to you. That's why it's incredibly important to be skeptical. Yeah. I encourage my clients. I said, don't, that's cool. don't do what I say. I want, I'm going to give you the information that I've got, but I want you to make your own decision. I want you to meditate on it. I want to see if you that feels right and sits right with you. Um, because I'm not God at all, (laughs) nowhere near, um, I'm just a journey person, you know, figuring this out for myself. And I've, I've bumped into some pretty reliable, um, whether it's guides or what that give me good information, actionable information, good intelligence that when I follow it for myself, I get good results. So, Anyway, that's just, yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting because I think we always want to control everything. Uh Um, Like right now, this guy's running baseball practice and I'm like, I wish he wasn't so loud. (laughs) But, you know, but (laughs) and, you know, but like the larger control thing is like we want to know where we're going, how it ends. Is it going to be a bad end? And I would I think that's actually kind of kind of fear based.
1: I mean, uh, that's anxiety. It's, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. And not, that's, that's why I'm in business. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And I
0: do wonder like,
1: um,
0: is there ever a time where you say, like, hey, you're seeing me for too many things? Yes. Like, leave yes. it up to chance or yes. something like that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. That's, and, and that's why, in fact, I, I, I don't, I won't see clients more than like once every four months. Ah, oh, okay. Because I want them to live, you know, and I want them to take some action. Um, I've only had to maybe fire a client once in my life. And that was, um, you know, there's just manipulative people out there and they want me to have all the answers for them. Yeah. You know, because they are so uncomfortable in their own, and really therapy is the best option. And I'll tell them, go to a therapist. That's yeah. why, you know, psychologists and you know, psychotherapists exist, be- and they're good at that. They're going to help kind of get you, move you. I'm very situational. You know, I'm a good person for a situation. I'm not a good person for managing your mental health. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I don't know if it's okay to ask, but you had mentioned like a paranormal type of experience. Oh, yeah. Like, were you have you been like visited or? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. Like yes, a yes, full
1: yes. presence being? Yes. Wow. I mean, just a f- few experiences. Like, I, dreams are the most pedestrian mediums with which, and I say medium like it's as a, as a fuzzy space, <laughs> you know? Like, so meditation and, and dream states and even daydreaming, right? You're dropping into lower states of consciousness, right? Uh, what is it? I don't even know. Alpha, you know, theta, blah, blah, blah. So, but when you are sleeping... Um, You know, not that gamma level because you are completely out, but you're kind of constantly, even in our waking, you know, walking around, you can walk around this park 12 times and get yourself into that theta state, even though you're moving, right? So it's all accessible all the time. And this information, I'm, I'm terrible at knowing what all those states are off the top of my head, but I think it's theta, you know, where this stuff comes through. And so, um, the paranormal stuff I think works the same way that, that, the, the best way I describe it or I sort of feel it is like, it's almost like the air gets a little thinner, Mm. you know, the space between here and whatever's over there gets a little bit thinner and it's easier for whomever, whatever to traverse that. Um, so just a couple examples, like when I was in high school, my grandmother died and, I did not get the chance to see her before she died. She died kind of suddenly. And I had a dream about her that night. Now, you know, most people will say, oh, it's just a dream, right? It's, or it's just a coincidence or whatever. But for me, it was very meaningful. It felt very, very, very real. Her presence felt very real. And you know what your loved ones feel like, <laughs> you know, when they're standing next to you. And um, so that felt like a visitation. <clears throat> and I got the opportunity to say goodbye But fast forward, this was a really incredible, um, experience when my, um, like I said, my parents are divorced and and my mom and my stepdad were married for almost 30 years. So he was in my life since I was like seven and, um, he was sick with emphysema. I think he, I'm I'm so bad. I'm really terrible with timing, but he might've passed in 2015, something like that, um, and he was very sick for a long time. And so by the time he was, like, act, like actively dying, uh, we sort of knew it was coming. And my mom lives down in Virginia. So my sister and I jumped on a plane. We got down there for, like, the last couple of weekends before he departed. And uh, in the last weekend we were there, I... We had just a really, so he was sort of dipping in and out of consciousness already. you know, sort of mm. that's sort of what death is. You're just sleeping for longer, longer periods of time if you're lucky, right? Um that's a kind of a nice way to go. You just end up sleeping too much. Um, so he was conscious for a nice chunk of time, so we really got a lovely um, visit in. It was brief, but it was there. And I think we left the following morning, which was like a Sunday, I guess. And by Monday morning, I was waking up in my own bed here in Brooklyn and i i woke up like somebody poked me with a cattle prod i just just sort of was felt very alert and i felt my stepfather standing right next to me like i just i didn't see him and i literally I looked at my husband and he was still sleeping it's four o'clock in the morning and I literally I started to pinch myself because I was like I don't know if I'm sleeping I don't know if I'm dreaming I don't know what space I'm in right now and so I started to pinch myself I said like, okay I'm awake but I'm feeling my stepfather and then I just sort of put two and two together that oh he must have died Whoa. because why else would I be feeling him So his consciousness his being why would I be feeling him so so strongly and I thought think I went back to sleep. And when I got out of bed or woke up in the morning, I I waited a little bit because I I certainly didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to email my mother at four o'clock and be like, did he die? You know, it would have been kind of uncouth. And so I waited until like nine o'clock in the morning. And I just asked my mom, I said, you know, is he, uh, is he still with us? And she said, oh yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't woken up again, but he's still, still breathing. But he between that experience that Sunday morning or Monday morning, whenever that was, I think it was the Monday morning, he did not regain consciousness again. Now, here's the interesting thing. My stepbrother, my parents live in a ranch-style house, and my stepfather was in a hospital bed, sort of face, they they, are, they live on water, and so he was facing the, he was in the living room facing the water, and my stepbrother and his wife and and their kids. The bedrooms were on the kind of the opposite side of the house from where the living room is. And so I told my mother this story, you know, at that Monday morning, whatever it was. And I said, you know, I had this crazy experience where I felt him like right next to me. It was so vivid. And um, so I, I told her that story about nine in the morning. And I spoke to her later in, the day, later in the day. She told the story to my stepbrother. My stepbrother had exactly the same experience oh. at four o'clock in the morning he felt his father right next to him. He was so freaked out because my stepfather was completely bedbound. He could not have moved anywhere on his own without help. And so he thought, oh my God, you know, my dad's fallen out of bed and he's crawled up the hallway and he's in distress. And so he got out of bed, my stepbrother, at four o'clock in the morning, went down the hallway into the living room to check and make sure he was still in the bed. And he was. And um, so... But again, he never regained consciousness again. So my theory is that consciousness lives outside of body. Consciousness is something that visits your body and on the point of departure just can depart. But your body is not necessarily on the same timeline mm. because you can still respirate depending on your health and your strength and ability. And, and that's what happened with him. He's his, and he died the following day. His physical body died Tuesday. About 24 hours later, roughly, give or take a few hours. Wow. So trippy, trippy, trippy yeah. stuff. <laughs> very trippy stuff. And, and this is why I say your thoughts, your words, your deeds. I mean, if that's, if that's what consciousness is capable of doing, I'll give you another really, this was really fun. This was maybe, this was in the last year. So Marge and I see each other very frequently. And I see her at least, one, at least once a week. And there was, um, we started going to church together. It was a wonderful, really wonderful church here in Brooklyn. Celebration, spiritual center. (laughs) I'm going to plug them. That'd actually be a good interview for you, um, the pastors of of the church. Anyway. Oh, cool. And um, so she and I started going to this church together. We're having a really wonderful time. And my husband and I, so that was a Sunday morning, but the the previous Saturday, the day before, my husband and I spent like eight hours cleaning our house. Like It was soup to nuts, we just kind of went crazy and did everything. And we um, we had been listening all day to Janis Joplin, her greatest hits. You know, you name it. Lord Won't You Buy Me, a Mercedes Benz, like, we're blasting this music, and we're jamming, we get the whole house clean. Sunday morning we go and we pick up Marge, and she's only like two subway stops away. So we're, um, we're in our car. Marge is sitting in the front seat. I'm sitting in the back seat with my kids. And Marge says something along the lines of, you know, I can't get that song out of my head. Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? And my husband and I just start cracking up. I'm like, oh, my God, Marge. <laughs> if only you knew. We played that song about 14 times the day before. So right? She and I are obviously very, very connected, and it's not a surprise that she picked up on that. But if that's true, right? If, if we somehow, you know, you, at least in my experience, you are not just your physical body. You are this, you know, amorphous aura, right? If we're going to get corny and use those 60s terms, right? There's this aura that, that is really your consciousness that overlaps, Right? Everything else, So it's why you might get a feeling that you shouldn't cross the street, you know, because a car is going to come out of nowhere and clip you or, you know, there's always, you're going to get information based on the fact that you're not contained within your body. You're actually, you could travel. Yeah. You know? um, anyway. No, I think, <laughs>
0: no, this is, I, I love this stuff. Yeah. Um, we are, I mean, we're already at an hour, so maybe I'll, I'll start to wrap it and... Um, I want to plug, you know, your, your website and everything in a, in a minute, but I guess like you have far more takeaways from this than I do. I'm just, uh, (laughs) I'm always like the, the, the stupidest person in these conversations. Uh, but you know, for me, if I wanted anyone to take something away from this again, it's that like, I, I came out of college, like. Thinking, I knew everything again, of like course, and right. so, me
1: too. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and uh, which probably everyone does. And so, like initially, the idea of someone being a medium to me, I, I would have been like, no, again, like there's no it's evidence crap. of that, yeah, right? Of course, yeah. Um, but even like it's interesting. You you, you talk about the church right now, like yeah. again, like twenty-four-year-old Tim as opposed to thirty-four-year-old Tim would be like, you know, the church is an evil institution, and <laughs> I, I do think that obviously, like there there are. Th- many things wrong with what organized religion has done throughout time. But then like, you know, I, I also see like how how much of a benefit it has been for people's lives and yeah. can, can give them peace and happiness and community and things like that. And so I, I, am, I am coming around on a lot of like my uh, initial... Uh, militancy about ideas and Mm -hmm. I I would just want anyone to just be open to things and and to talk to people and to learn from them and even in a political sense like you know I think for a lot of people the line is sort of drawn in the sand on Trump and they might want to be like well regardless of if you know you're a Trump voter I I, I don't even want to hear from you because he's, he's, he's so vile at this point that you you know endorse all of his ideas, if mm-hmm. if you vote for him, and I can't say that those people are wrong, but I think it's at least worth coming to the table and listening to someone before walking away from it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if this is new to people, you know, listen to this with an open mind, mm-hmm. and you know, go in whichever direction you want from yeah. here because uh, you dropped a lot of, like, really great nuggets, and <laughs> I always think of it as little Easter eggs. If you've never heard of Joseph Campbell, go check him out. Yes, yes. If you've never heard of, uh, you know, Reiki or or, right. or meditation or things like that, uh, you know, go hit up Google and, because... And
1: be skeptical. Don't yeah. be, do no, not no. And I love me. that point, too. Yeah, I <laughs> do, do love that point. Me. Believe your own experience. and And if you're curious about it and you want to... If you want to get this information set the intention mm. that you want the information and then then pay attention that's really what it's about it's about paying attention like I said before you're not the author of all your thoughts if you choose to believe that as a nugget and then if that's true if that's true then just pay attention to the voices that show up in your head the picture pictures that show up the feelings you get in your body your body is like a you're you're like a your body, but your being is like a big um, radio receiver. That's a very old reference. Maybe a modem is a better, <laughs> a more updated reference.
0: No, but. I like that. There's a book by Philip K. Dick where like God is a radio signal. That, yeah. <laughs> that guy's getting. That's it cool.
1: Is. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um,
1: how can people find you? Uh, I'm at uh, emilygroat.com. Um, I'm, I'm I'm booked out a little bit. People are very anxious these days.
0: <laughs> Can't imagine why.
1: Um, but we're going to make it, folks. Keep the faith. Think good thoughts.
0: And everybody knows you can go to the show notes and just click. There'll be a little hyperlink there to get to uh, Emily's website. Thank such, you. This is treat, uh, really wonderful. Treat. I love
1: talking about this stuff. So it was, thank you for inviting me.
0: Likewise. <laughs> That's a wrap, Voyagers. Episode 186 is in the books. Thank you so much to Emily for coming on the podcast today. I found this conversation to be really fascinating and I'm definitely going to be talking to her more in the future and maybe doing a reading myself. Thank you to all you Voyagers as always for tuning in. I'm recording today and I'm recording later in the week so a couple cool things to look forward to. Today I'll be recording with the Billion Oyster Project so at any point you're listening to this that will be out shortly after. All right, folks, again, thank you so much. As always, please, 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 please take care of each other. Peace.